everyone. This is Michael Camella, principal at Nathaniel Green Middle School in Providence. Welcome to The 721, our podcast for our school here at Nathaniel Green. Last week, our wrestling team um, had a couple of really exciting wins this past week, so we want to congratulate them and their coaches as well for all the support that they provide and training for them. We had a Generation Citizen breakfast. Generation Citizen is a, a group that we partner with here at Nathaniel Green that provides uh, students with an opportunity to create topics, or investigate topics, rather, on action civics. So it might be something on social justice or school lunch, and our students investigate those topics and provide solutions and awareness around those topics. So we're excited to continue that partnership with them. Our students will also be presenting at the State House in mid-January, so we'll be talking more about that in future podcasts. Also, progress reports went live on December 18th, so parents, you can access your students' progress report grades for quarter two through Skyward. And our students, our sixth grade students, visited the Festival Ballet at Rhode Island College this past Thursday, had a really exciting time getting to watch a holiday program uh, from the Festival Ballet program. So this week's podcast is with Ms. Ferralis, a new teacher to Nathaniel Green, who also was a student at Nathaniel Green. So we're excited to hear from her. Give a listen. Have a great day. This week we are here with a new teacher to our building, Miss Rebecca Ferralis. So let's start with, with what is your role here at Nathaniel Green? My role here at Green is I am the seventh grade English ESL teacher. And how are you enjoying it so far? I'm loving it so far. I actually, I think I told you this, but I used to go to school here when I was younger. Yes, yes. So some of my teachers are still here too. How's that been for you? <laughs> it's it's definitely, it, like, you know, when you're younger, you're referring to them as Miss This sure. and, or Mr. That. And now they're my colleagues, <laughs> which is a little weird, and it still kind of is, but it's really cool to work with them now as a teacher rather than as a student. I had a similar situation when I first started teaching. I was doing some substitute jobs in the town that I grew up in, Johnston. I, yeah, I live in Johnston. Oh, you I went to Johnston High. Oh, you did? Yep. When mm -hmm. did you graduate? 2010. Okay, I was 2001, so okay. I was a little bit before you. <laughs> but uh, I started working at the middle school in Johnston, Ferry Middle School, mm -hmm. and I went there as a student, and yeah, it was, it was strange for a while getting to know my former teachers as people yep, and hanging out with them after school and, and knowing their families. And yep. yeah, when so I graduated, I subbed at Johnston for a while. The high school? At the high school. Well, yeah. both, but I, I was mainly at the high school. And again, I saw my old teachers there and they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and I got to know at the middle school. Did you go to the middle school too? No, I, well, because I, I was here at the oh, middle okay, school. Oh, that's right, that's right. For high school, we moved to Johnston. Okay, all right. Are you still in Johnston now? Yeah, my husband and I bought a house there last year. And okay. That's where we are. <laughs> I'm in Johnston, too, actually, still. Yeah. My wife and I moved to North Providence when we got married. Not that that's much different than Johnston. Mm -hmm. And then we, in the last few years, moved back to Johnston, uh, up towards the Situate line. Oh, okay. So how long have you been in education? Total... Two years. So I graduated from Misericordia University in May 2017, mm -hmm. and then I started subbing. And then last year I got my first teaching gig at a private school. 
and this is my second year formal teaching, formally teaching. Great. Did you always want to become a teacher? Yeah, I did. Um, I think I've always liked working with kids, and I always looked like you. They always say that you remember your good teachers and your bad teachers, right? And I always remember saying, like, if I was her or him, I would never, like, approach this situation like this. So I always, when I always said that when I became a teacher, I wanted to be the good teacher that the kids remember, mm-hmm. not the other way around. And what are your thoughts? About, what is it that the kids are going to remember? Are they going re- to remember? Because I always struggle with this. Are they remembering the, I taught math. So are they mm-hmm. remembering my great lesson that I had on, pie day or are mm-hmm. they remembering how I interacted with them every day yeah when I with my teachers I I mean obviously I did learn but I always remembered the connections that I had with sure. a lot of them even from high school middle school even to college I'll remember some of the content but what I remember the most was my interactions with them and that's what I hope that my kids take away the most in my classroom too yeah I think that's a good goal to have mm-hmm I think it's easier to teach them if you build those relationships and, and they genuinely enjoy being in your presence. It's oh, yeah. easier to you know, learn the good instructional strategies as you go yeah. uh, than the other way around. Why did you decide to become a teacher in the first place? You said you always wanted to be a teacher. What was it? Was there anything? I think because I grew up with two sisters who are a lot younger than me. So I like I just turned 27. My youngest, my sister is 21, and then my youngest is 18. So I always kind of had to be their mentor, and teach them. And I it's because my parents were immigrants, they didn't understand how to help with homework. So that role always fell on me, <laughs> and I think that's kind of where it started. And then as soon as I graduated high school, I knew that's what I wanted to go into. Yeah, and you probably with. with well, you mentioned about your parents and, and struggling to help you with your homework. I'm sure that's something you're running into now uh, with the student, with the population that, that you're supporting. I find that a lot of my kids now are the translators for their parents, just like how I used to be. I don't know if you ever saw this, but there's like a meme online that there's like a parent yelling at a kid because the kid can't translate legal documents when they're <laughs> like five years old. No, I haven't come across that one. <laughs> but it's so true. Uh, but... I think it's great that they're able to help their parents that way. So and because of us, my parents were kind of forced to learn English, too. Mm-hmm. So. And where were your parents from? My mom is from Mexico and Spain, and my dad is from Guatemala. So I don't have any experience with any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, so it sounds like you're a, would that be second, ge- first generation? First generation here. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have any of that. My parents are both from here. Spoke the language. I didn't get any of those struggles until yeah. uh, I didn't understand any of those struggles until I started working in, in Providence, really, because Johnston, yeah. I didn't see that too much either at the time. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. Like, come, you know, like they struggled coming here, but then like also the culture shock of coming to the U.S. and then having your kid grow up way differently than you did. And I, to them, it was very surprising. Mm how kids are here versus how they were in their home oh, countries. Yeah. yeah. Any examples you can think of? Um, <clears throat> oh, I have a perfect one. So here in the U.S., there's a very popular thing that kids do when they're young called sleepovers. Yeah. 
And I remember when I was in the third grade, a girl in my class invited me to a sleepover. And I gave the invitation to my mom, and she's like, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a party, and you sleep at the, at the house of the girl. And she's like, oh, no, 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 you are not. There's no way. And like in their countries, like, that just doesn't happen. No. No. And like for the longest time, they just... So you never got to participate in any no, of those sleepovers? No, I never did. <laughs> nope, it wasn't until college that I was just able to do it on my own. Sure. <laughs> but no. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. What's the best part? of your role as an educator? Uh, I would say being able to influence kids in a positive way. And me being of the background that I am, I feel like I'm able to connect with a lot of them, especially since I have all ESL kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to speak with them in their native language because sometimes they find themselves not being able to find the words to say things in English. So the fact that I'm able to help them find the words and then help them translate it and connect with it and with their language skills. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know your answer to this next question is not going to be your your third grade sleepover, (laughs) but do you have a favorite memory that you go back to from growing up? I think the fact that I grew up with a very big family is one of the best things that I can reflect upon because I still see them till this day. You know, a lot of when my parents moved here, a lot of their siblings followed their footsteps. And so all my cousins grew up here. And, you know, my cousins and I all had a thing in common where, like, we come from an immigrant family. And we're able to talk about our struggles growing up in an immigrant family. And, you know, just the parties, like, every weekend. (laughs) And just having all these big cookouts and just having all these people to laugh and talk to. I was always very appreciative of the fact that my grandparents had all these kids. Mm. How <laughs> many kids do they have? My mom has seven brothers and sisters, and my dad has 11. So your mom's one of eight? My mom's one of eight. Wow. And my dad's, dad's one of one 12. Of 12. My mother's one of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, similar to you, grew up in a big, big family, mm-hmm. on that side anyway. And we still get together... It's probably once a month, twice a month. Somebody's got a birthday coming up, so we have birthday parties. You're getting together a lot still, even now, with the family? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because like, I feel like with my family, nobody leaves. I think if, if someone were to leave, it would be my like uh, like me or my cousins. Meaning leave the state? Leaving the state, yeah. Because yeah. you should have seen my mom when I went off to college in a different state. She had a very hard time. Because <laughs> in the Latino culture, women leave their house when they're getting, getting married, married right? yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't leave for college what is what even is that i don't know so yeah yeah we recently have had some family members move down south to florida uh, so our gatherings have gotten smaller so instead of you know 35 40 people it's you know probably 25 30 yeah which I, is still big yeah like my i'm a millennial you're, are you a millennial? I don't know what ca- what classifies as a millennial. A millennial is born between 1984. Then I just missed it. Okay. So you're Gen Y? I have no idea. Okay. I'm 1983 sure. I was born. Okay. I think it's 1984 to 1996 or 98. Okay. But like my generation, especially with my family, we're not having seven, eight, twelve 12 kids. <laughs> That's no, not in the plans for me. No, like, so I think the family, like the, how big it is, is definitely dying down. Yeah. Yeah. 
For better or worse, I guess. Yeah. I, I enjoy my big family. I do too. I just don't want that many kids. No, <laughs> I, and neither do I. I have, I have two at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I love them dearly. And, and they're a handful. How old are they? Uh, my oldest is three years old. She'll be four in August. Mm-hmm. And my youngest will be, what's today, the 18th. So she'll be next week, uh, six months. Oh, okay. I, I have a three-year-old too. She's, oh, you do? Yep. She'll be four next month. Oh, okay. Yep. So she's close. Yep. We're doing dance classes now, and yep. I'm hoping to start some gymnastics soon. Oh, I have a great recommendation for that. Gymnastics? Mm-hmm. Where do you go? The little gym. Where's that? Smithfield. Smithfield? Mm-hmm. So she does that, uh, dance and gymnastics. Huh. And I'll she's interested in, She's interested in karate now, because all of a sudden she's into Power Rangers. It's funny you say <laughs> that. Uh, uh, we're talking about doing some uh, kids' jujitsu classes, mm-hmm. which is a grappling martial yeah. art. It was karate is like a, a striking one. Uh, so we'll see if that happens anytime soon. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. That's more my interest, I think. Yeah. So I want to be careful about how much of my interest I push it's on It's always the dads because my, my husband's like pushing. He's like, she needs to learn how to defend herself. I think it'd be good to, we, yeah. we worry. We have a, you know, yeah. a tiny female and, yeah. and we know what it's like and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's true. So in Johnston, mm-hmm. we probably go to a lot of the same restaurants. Um, Do you go to a lot of restaurants in Johnston? Honestly, no. No, Luigi's. <laughs> I've never gone to Luigi's, and it's such a shame because I always hear that it's really, really good. Um, my husband and I have this thing where we have forbidden chain restaurants ah. in our marriage. <laughs> I just We try to f- find and go to as many local places as possible. That's cool. With so what do you got? What are some recommendations? Um, there's this place in Johnson called Kochi. That's near. Where actually, that? it's no, it's not in Johnson. It's like on the Cranston Johnson line. You know where Walmart is in Cranston? Sure. It's in that plaza. Oh, is it? And they have really good sushi. Yeah. There's this place on the east side called India, and um, it's Indian food. Okay. It's really, really good. But I don't know if you like spicy. I do like spicy. I don't know if I've ever had Indian food though. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to try it. Mm-hmm. Although <laughs> I don't, we don't, we don't take too many date nights. It's always uh, us yeah. and the kids. So I don't know if the, the kids Those would... Those dwindled down, huh? Yeah, they, they definitely <laughs> did. No more movies. Uh, well, Disney movies. Disney movies. Yeah. The good thing for Disney Plus. Yeah. Thank God for that. Uh, do you have a favorite movie? Uh, I have two favorite movies. My Which is... One of them is pretty relevant to now. One of my favorite movies is The Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. Um, and my second one is The Devil Wears Prada. What do you... Is there a connection between those two? Uh, is it, what What is the similarities that... Um, what makes you a movie that you like? Well, The Devil Wears Prada, I think I connect to the character Andy because um, she's a writer. And she's just like this girl that like just trying to find her way in the world and trying to fit in into this industry that normally would reject her. And me being a big type nerd that way, I love to write. And I've, you know, sometimes you're put in situations where you feel like that. Mm-hmm. And I love fashion too, so... I think that's why I connect with the movie. With The Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm not really sure why I love that movie so much. It's a good one. I think I love I mean, uh, Tim Burton. I think he's so cool and creative, and I would just love to get inside his brain to see how he comes up with all these concepts. Um, and I think I, I love Halloween, and I love Christmas. So Perfect. 
Best of both worlds. Perfect. <laughs> Any other Tim Burton movies you like? Corpse Bride. I haven't seen that one. Did he do Coraline? Was that him? He did Coraline. Wait, did he do Corpse uh, Bride? I'm not sure. He did. I think he did. Um, Batman. Right? He did, he did Batman? He did, he did oh. the Michael Keaton Batman, I think. Cool. From the 89, maybe? So that was an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. He's very dark. Yes. And I think that's maybe why I like it so much because some of my favorite literature is from like the 19th century gothic era. Like <laughs> Victorian. what? Uh, like I love Dracula. Okay. I love anything written in the Victorian era, like Jane Eyre, um, uh, Charlotte Bronte, any of those people. Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. Yep, Frankenstein. Is it, uh, so what do you like about that? Is it uh, the time period? Is it the style of writing? <clears throat> it's definitely the style of writing. And it's also, I think, because a major feminist movement started during that era. And, it and I love that a lot of female writers were emerging. Whereas, you know, for a long time, a lot of female writers were ignored. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Are you a paper, book, have it in your hand type of reader or a Kindle? Oh, no. Don't even give me a Kindle. No? <laughs> no. I just can't read digitally and I know. Even on the, even on the, I don't know, I have a Kindle Paperwhite. So it uses what they call e-ink. Yeah. It's not the, it's not like the phone screen, like the Kindle Fire. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can't do that? No, I just, nope, I can't. I need the physical book in front of me. I have like a whole collection at home. I think it's because I, as a reader myself, I, if I find something that I feel could use a deeper analysis or if I want to reflect on it or I think it's really important, I usually highlight it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I just can't do that. I mean, I'm sure you can highlight on a Kindle you, or something. It's not the same. Like, no, I just, I, even now, you know how everybody in college, everybody would take notes online or mm -hmm. like with their laptop. I physically can't do that. No. If I'm not writing it, I feel R like I won't retain it. <laughs> And that's how I actually learned how to study in college. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I made it through high school probably without studying too, too much. I was able to just, you know, I was well enough off where I could just pass the test. College, not so much. So I had to, I would rewrite my notes out and that would help me retain the information when the test came. Worked for me. Yeah. So I, I also have a, a big selection of books at the house, and, and I like having the books, mm -hmm. um, but I do enjoy reading on the Kindle. Yeah. To each their it's own, e I it's guess. E it's, just, it's easier <laughs> for me to, to hold you know the baby with one hand and oh. then the Kindle with the other. Instead of trying to flip pages, I can just press the button and, and the pages flip automatically. Mm, I guess that, that works if you're doing it that way. Never occurred to me. It's It's helpful. <laughs> I How usually read to my daughter at night too, but oh, we, we she do. has a lot of physical books too. Yeah, I have too many. I have too many in the in the house books. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a problem, and I keep buying new ones. Mm -hmm. I just I, I have this stack of probably five or six right now waiting to be read. Right by the nightstand. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an issue. My daughter <laughs> too. Yeah. A every every Saturday morning we go to story time at Barnes and Noble. Oh yep. And. Inevitably, we we leave with a book. Have you heard of um, Barrington Books? Uh, yes. Where is that? 
In, it's in the Garden City Plaza. Yes, yeah. They yeah. have a lot of readings there too, and they have like character meet and greets. So like recently, there was Elsa there. Oh, <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> uh, Elsa came to my house. Oh yeah. For her third birthday party. Ooh. She was very excited. Yeah, that must have been really fun. Yeah, she, she still talks about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So it made an impression. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. We're in the auditorium. Okay. And. You can, whoever's in the crowd is fine, students or, or adults. And I need to run and do something for a half an hour, and I need somebody to do something in the auditorium to keep them busy. So I hand the mic to you, and I need you to just talk for 30 minutes. Oh. Doesn't have to be about education. What do you, what can you talk about for an extended period of time without planning? <laughs> um, probably racial inequality. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I mean, I, firsthand I grew up with it I witnessed it I lived it so I feel like I could rant about that for way more than 30 minutes <laughs> all right all right well we'll see I'll give you the mic okay we'll see what happens <laughs> and fast forward to June of 2020 okay last day of the school year kids are leaving your class what five words do you want them to say about their time in your classroom oh five words i would say i hope they would say it was engaging mm-hmm. it was a positive place it was a safe place diverse and creative good words thanks all right <laughs> so thank you for sitting down with me at the end of this busy thursday mm-hmm. any okay. last words you want to share Nope, to all the kids listening, if you're listening, for the total of three of you, maybe. (laughs) We get about 20, uh, yeah, we'll probably get about 40 an episode on average. Keep pushing through. All right. You can do it. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast with Ms. Ferales. Got to learn a little bit more about her. Um. Next week, well, actually, when we get back, happy holidays to everybody. Um, It'll be our new year, 2020. As a reminder, we return on Thursday, January 2nd. So all students will be back in class on Thursday, January 2nd. We have a full January. Um, We start access testing for our students, our multi-language, multi-learner language students, on um, January 6th. So all of our students are getting ready for that, to take that uh, assessment. It's several days. So we want to support our students, make sure they're here on time um, and so that they can do the best that they can uh, do on that assessment. Um, We have a parent cafe on January 15th. That's a Wednesday. So we'll be welcoming our parents. Those have been uh, very successful. We'll be doing more walkthroughs, getting some feedback from parents uh, and also providing additional information as well. And several of our students have asked to do a podcast. So this is reaching out to our students as well. We're excited about that. So we're going to be, uh, begin those podcasts in January as well. So happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year. And we'll see you after the break.